0: to simply soccer i am your host michelle hutink back with christian conway and jamie bacon
1: wednesday's wednesday night is all right for fighting i guess to co-opt elton john (laughs) wednesday nights are just beautiful man
0: (laughs) that was a good one um yeah look la galaxy really needed this reset like like we were saying this was a chance for the galaxy to really you know I can't say that they're out of their midseason slump just because and El Trafico is always a different LA Galaxy team that you're going to get. But from what I saw after the 3-0 loss to Houston at home, um, and, you know, I think this podcast, we've always been pretty optimistic and not really faithless when it comes to the Galaxy. But, um, I mean, what an impressive play. I mean... The Galaxy, according to Vanny, too, like this is this is the most complete game they've played in two years. And what better team to go against than LAFC in an elimination round uh, for U.S. Open Cup?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Vanny's comments there. Um, and 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 we talked a lot in this podcast about, you know, the Galaxy can turn in 30 minutes here or 20 minutes here and they look fantastic. But can they turn in 90 minute performance and I was really concerned coming out of that Houston game. I thought they looked lethargic. I know they squad rotated. I understand why they did it. But even then, they looked lethargic, very off the pace, just not invested. But man, what I saw last night, i, I if they can repeat that over even 16, 17 weeks during the playoffs, easy. And they they just never looked out of control. Like it, it really did feel like the Galaxy, you know, even if they conceded possession significantly to LAFC, even if they let LAFC kind of. Play the game in front of them. They never looked like the situation was going to get out of hand. If that makes sense, like it never looked like, okay, like you know when Arango scores that goal late in the game. I mean, it's I think in or sorry, Hollingshead, excuse me. Um, I think in past trafficos, we're all kind of holding on each other and just being like, okay, here we go. Like, what's going to happen here? But it just was like, okay, they scored, and and the XG numbers support that. It it did feel like at every moment the Galaxy in in every game state just never looked uncomfortable. And it was like weird to watch because I'm so used to this Galaxy team wildly vacillating between, oh my God, they're brilliant. Oh my God, they're horrible. And now it was just kind of like, okay, like they, they turned in a complete performance.
2: Yeah, when I saw <clears throat> when I saw the lineup on Sunday, I 100% knew no matter what the Galaxy tells you, no matter what, you know, uh, Vanny tries to convince those of after the game, they set up a lineup where they had no intention of really going out and attacking and trying to win that game. They were okay conceding points, knowing that they had a huge open cup game coming up midweek and they were going to throw everything at it. And then I saw the lineup last night and people had their worries, right? You know, we had some major players out, you know, uh, Sega was out and that's, that's always going to hurt you in the back line. But people forget that the one time DePew always shows up is against LAFC. The kid might be terrible every other game, but he is going to show up against those guys. So I was never ever worried with him in the back line last night.
1: Right. And 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 I quickly want to kind of postmortem the Houston game, because that's our job here. I just think the Galaxy Again, I agree with you. They just didn't look up for it. And I mean, the Tyler Pasher goal, the second goal, I mean, the defense has got a step to him. Um, but again, last night, I point to this concept of, and, and Michelle, you said it, you know, echoing Vanny's comments, like this is the first time under Vanny they've played a full 90. And 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 Vanny, if you look at his career and you look at his history, I mean, it took him a while in Toronto to build that culture and look at what Toronto is. I mean, obviously, it's been a bit of a rough start under Bob Bradley, but they, they slowly built and they were bad for a couple of years, but look at what then happened. They get an MLS cup. They probably should have had two. Seattle stole one off them. It did look like this was the culmination of what Vanny can be. They, and and the other thing about it is, and and Jamie, you make a very interesting point about the game on Sunday with the lineup. I wouldn't have been surprised if they switched the lineups, which they went for it on Sunday to try and get the league form going. And then basically looked at this game and said, okay, you know, we're in the round of 16 you know, it would be great if we win, if we don't, not a big deal, but they, they were seriously invested in this. And I, and I point to the celebrations after the game, after the fracas was done. And I will say this, I don't think either of these teams are sending Christmas cards to each other at the end of the year. Um, <laughs> but you, you, you point to just like, for example, them running over to ACB and taking the, the LA flag and celebrating with it. Julian Araujo going to the 3252 and, you know, kissing the badge. Like they, I thought we had won the world's cup, honestly, with the celebrations but you could tell this meant something to them. And and I think, you know, I know there's going to be commentators and whatever they're going to say, oh, they over-celebrated. You know, they acted like they were champions elect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But those celebrations indicate to me a team that looked at this game and said, this is a moment in our season. This is a flashpoint in our season. And they went and took the, the initiative and completely dominated that game. And that, to me, indicates something that I think is going to be very big for the rest of the season. And keep in mind, our easiest route to the CONCACAF Champions League has now been unveiled. I mean, they play, you know, Sacramento next round. that's a winnable game. They'll get the geriatric husk of Sporting Kansas City or Omaha in the semifinal. I mean, like there is a path here. and it I think this team viewed this game as the final almost. And the way they handled it, I was amazed
0: and Chicharito said it in the post match. you know, he was like, not not even in the press, just like as he was walking off the pitch, he was just like, we need to show up and we know that we need to show up every game. And I think that's what really did it. Um, you know, the, um, interviews from Raheem Edwards, he had said that, you know, there's something about not playing at home where they're forced to play in an unfamiliar place that causes them to, to play and make decisions and and change up some, some things that they wouldn't normally at home. And so I, I think that kind of insight, on top of, you know, the rivalry that that is um LAOC. I know, you know, uh Edwards had said he really wanted to embarrass the 3252 that you know, I don't know if you guys caught that, but he also had said that whenever he was part of laoc they had always dreaded coming to play at the at the diggity. So, you know, it's nice to know that. It's nice to have that that inside, um, kind of info, and to also see, you know, I mean, we know that. The galaxy get into lafc's head and just to be able to you know say look i know it's a us open cup look by the way we always had streamers and confetti whenever we scored um i think it's just been a while since so as short-term memory sports as, fans as someone who <laughs> as someone who was
1: in V Block, there was a lot of people that did not remember that we do this
0: yeah yeah and, and a lot of commentary I, I saw on on twitter too like you said like it seemed like we overcelebrated, but no I mean, like to be yeah. fair streamers have been banned be for a long time to be fair yes yes and and so you know there's a lot of things going into this you know is is this one of those things where the galaxy yeah you will have to see how they come up against austin i feel a lot more confident i think that the galaxy feel a lot more confident um i think that you know the the main the main thing here is look they beat the top tier team um they now are looking for their third austin texas you know their their next third texas team when we were already feeling like oh you know we lost fd dallas we lost to houston oh here we go it's going to be like the third right and i know that the galaxy are going to lose some it's going to happen but after that performance on wednesday like you said they put everything into it i can't see them going into the game on sunday um half passing it I just I just don't I mean Delgado had a really great game uh Cabral uh was finally seemed like he'd unlocked (laughs) you know um I I everybody seemed there were times of course where it seemed like yeah there's a little bit, um, you know, slip ups, um, when Kosha's on the pitch, you know, he was out injured this time when he is on the pitch, it seems like they're having trouble communicating with him or like, sometimes they don't really seem like they know each other well enough yet that they can just like read each other. Um, but definitely it was much more cohesive. It was much tighter. Uh, you know, they were able to, I mean, mistakes are going to happen. Right. I mean, you know, you can criticize this team and say, well, you know, those are rookie mistakes. But at the same time, it's like, well, the whole point is that they're able to win back the ball and possession has always been on the galaxy side.
1: So I think what's really interesting. And I've, I've, I've been reading the passing network maps. The galaxy just broke LAFC. I mean, if you look at the passing network map for LAFC, I mean, it's just hit and hope balls to the front line. And of course, I mean, losing Vela and losing Palacios is definitely a conversation point in this game. Um, I, I think LAFC really struggled after losing Vela because he provides such a focal point to the attack. But I mean, the past network graph to Arango and 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 the crew, Mosovsky and uh, Opoku is like, I mean, it's just basically hit and hope. And what's so fascinating about this game for me was like, the Galaxy did see possession in this game. And I think this is almost where the Galaxy feel at their most comfortable, which is, okay, we're more than happy to give you possession. But if as long as we contain that possession in your third of the field, then we're more than happy to let you do it. But what we're going to do is we're going to try and make you a little bit more expansive with that possession and then hit you on the counter. And I swear to God, Cabral in that second half, he was just sitting on the right back all game and just being like, okay, cool. And then it would always, it would, I, I can, I can tell you the play specifically where he would get the ball in space, ping it to Cabral and Cabral would skin someone on the one-on-one. And then all of a sudden the galaxy are in on attack. And I, I know Michelle, you and I talked about this at the car uh, yesterday. I honestly think they could have scored five in that second half. I mean, just, you know, profligate in front of goal. I mean, Efren Alvarez has a golden chance. You know, they, they were, it's a weird thing to say about this Galaxy team, but they were profligate in front of goal even while leading three nil. Um, I, I do think, I mean, Cabral had his best game in a Galaxy jersey. I don't think there's any question about that. Grand Seer was incredible off the wing. Um, Raheem Edwards, they didn't have an answer for him. And I'm kind of confused as to why they let him go for nothing. Um, I just, I keep pointing to like all these players and they all stepped up on the night. And I think this is one of those games where, and and I talked about it on the podcast after the Dallas game, where I said, this could be the most critical week of the galaxy season. And I, and after we lost to Houston at home, I was, I was kind of a little bit nihilistic. I think, you know, Jamie and and Michelle, you saw me before the game. I was very nervous about this. I was very, very concerned. I mean, look,
0: we were all a little bit worried. um, You know, I, I mean, look at, look at, look at what, the galaxy are coming into, you know? Um, And and,
1: yeah. But they got the job done in a way that was incredibly efficient and gives me, and, and this is one of those games where if you saw the celebrations and whatever, again, this is one of those games that can galvanize a team that can really get a team going. And I mean, Austin's going to be a difficult task. They have not played well over the past couple of weeks. Um, It's a very different Austin side than we played earlier this season. Um, And I, I feel good about kind of the galaxy's chances on Sunday but again, this is one of those games where we when when we do our end of season review, whenever that comes in December or or whenever, this might be a game that we point at and say this was the turning point of the season.
0: Yeah, Ephraim definitely has to do better on the shots like that. I don't care that we're up three-zero, like you said, it could have been five zero. Um, you know, this team, the way the way they could have got a clean sheet that would have been nice. It was annoying that LEFC scored a goal, but let's be honest, the fact that this team conceded a goal it it was kind of in a way like bound to happen um you know we know this team pretty well uh but jamie ended up in the capo box so i mean don't i always <laughs> I was gonna say. yeah um i mean was there anything particularly about this game like like that had you you know jumping in or i mean because we can hear it in your voice <laughs> yeah.
2: no i mean I, honestly i didn't go in until probably the last um the last minute or two of play when, when some of the guys went down to get ready for man of the match and, um, uh, we we kind of just fill it then with like the, the families of the people up there and, um, you know, any of the regulars who, who do spend time in the box just so that we can celebrate behind whoever is getting man of the match. And, um, we had like a, a quick discussion for Man of the Match, but in all reality, no matter what happened to that game, it was gonna be Raheem Edwards for us just just as a big middle finger to LAFC and 3252 <laughs> and especially after like all the like racist comments and whatnot that were moving yeah. around online before. And um but you know no, Cabral was in discussion for it because um I called him last night. I think he's, he's Kevin, the open cup specialist Cabral. I mean, in that first home game against San Diego, he had the lone goal last night. He had a beautiful finish for his goal. And then for that second goal, he was the major contributor to it. You know, he, he's the one who broke free with that ball uh, set up a pass that led to the assist for the goal. I mean, without him breaking free, who knows? Um let me... It's top to bottom the most complete game I've ever seen him play in two years. And I'm I'm hoping, and like we've always hoped, I'm hoping that this game and seeing what he can be gives him the confidence to go out and be that week in and week out.
1: Let, um, me, let me quickly jump in here to, to discuss a couple of tactical things that I thought I, I saw that I was, I was very impressed by, especially in Cabral's goal. Because what the Galaxy did it's so effectively well in this game was the movement in the box. They were unstoppable in terms of the way that they moved in the box to pull overloads. You know, when we talk about overloads in soccer, we talk about very large concepts. We talk about going left to right and then overloading one side of a flank from the midfield stripe down to the end line. But what the Galaxy did was actually kind of minimize that. So they started doing overloads in the box and like basically turns the box into a mini field. And you see it in the third goal where, um, I, I can't remember who was on. It might've been Marky. It might've been. And it was, it was Cabral, and Cabral has this very clear shooting lane, but instead he backheels it out to Raheem Edwards, and Jovovich is just Johnny on the spot to finish that out. That's that's building these kind of overload moments, and the speed with which they moved in the box was absolutely incredible. That first goal, that is how you run the line. Like, if you are a young striker listening to this podcast, go back and watch that first goal, because that's how you run the offside trap, which is you convince the defender that you're not there, and look at what Chicharito does in that first goal. Chicharito kind of shoulder-checks the guy to tell him, oh, I'm here. And so the defender's thinking, all right, I have to be wary of Chicharito on my back. I have to look at the cross that's coming in. And then Cabral floats right behind him. And so therefore, the defender is one-on-one with what he thinks is just Chicharito, but it's not. It's Chicharito and Cabral. And the finish was not as clean as everyone says it was. That was that was a little difficult, but he got it done. Um, the second goal, I mean, Joe Tutino said it on the broadcast <laughs> – and I I have I listened back to a couple moments of the broadcast. I respect Joe Tutino for trying to stay as neutral as possible. He didn't do that great of a job. Um, but he he just he literally talks about how good that counterattack was. And it's Raheem Edwards getting into space and just picking his head up. And it's the same thing that I was saying with why Cabral was so effective in this game, which was basically Gransir and Cabral just sat on the outside backs and said, Okay, beat us one on one in space. And they could not. And you know, Gransier gets into space, he you know, charges the ball and Latif Blessing, I mean, could have done a little bit better in the defensive play. He loses his footing a little bit, Um, you know, and and Grunzer just takes the space and all of a sudden, you know, now you're in a two-on-one situation. You got Chicharita running on the back post. I think that's normally hundred percent going in the back of the net. If you get the ball to his foot and Chich just finishes it every single moment in that game, especially on the counter attack, the galaxy were so relentless in terms of creating moments where you could tell, and there was the attack that Efrain flubbed in, I believe it was the 86th minute, I wanna say, where, at no, like normally when we get into these situations where, you know, it's 3 1, a team is chasing two goals in the cup match, right? What do we expect? We expect the the team that is up 3 1 to defensively sit deeper. And, you know, Vanny acquiesced to that a little bit in his substitutions. I mean, bringing on Lear Dam, bringing on Aguirre, like kind of, Reshaping the formation to maybe what could have been closer described as a 541. But at no, like at that point, then you're thinking, okay, we're just bunkering and countering, you know, we're bunkering for the next 10, 15 minutes, however long, you know, you want to say. The galaxy at no point I ever felt were just kind of like holding on. And I mean, there was multiple opportunities where the galaxy got in behind while LFC was attacking. And I think that was actually a very critical thing. And I was telling my friend Ish this yesterday. The one thing that I think the Galaxy did very well was actually defend on the front foot in the sense that when you're playing in that bunker, it's so easy to just get so compact that teams just have their way with you, right? Where it's like, okay, you know, we know we don't have any threat in the back. We can pull off a center back. We can pull off an outside back. We can bring on an attacker. We know that if we play three in the back or, you know, at times risk two in the back, then we're good to go. You know, we have the possession, we have the the pressure, that's what matters. The Galaxy, by constantly foraying forward in those moments, Forced LAC to be a little bit more expansive, and at that point, if you're a team that's chasing a result, that's a problem because you can't pull everyone into the attacking third. And now all of a sudden, you have to be constantly reticent of, hey, where's that attacker? You know, who's who's marking him? So you can't get everyone to the attack, and I think that was huge for the Galaxy in this game.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to go back and re-watch all three of those goals. Um, and I also wanted to rewatch because, yeah, for the commentary, I, I read a lot on Twitter about um, you know, the balance that Joe and Max gave. Um, it, it sounds like it it went pretty well and and Galaxy fans were um pleasantly. Entertained, I guess is the word, <laughs> despite all the strangeness of them having to record in Florida and what have you. Um, yeah, I'm glad the Galaxy really, you know, stepped into action there and got Joe on. Uh the commentary, you know, he's our voice um for the galaxy. And you know, you, other than him and Kobe Jones, you really can't imagine them calling a game uh from Dignity Hell Sports Park without him. Um and, uh, and the turnout, you know, obviously. It seemed like the section that I was in was a lot of LAFC fans, but that changed around the 81st minute. So well, I'm actually yeah. surprised that everybody stuck around as long as they did.
1: Well, they all they all went to their cars. Uh, I, what I would say is I was – and, and I'll ask you both this question because I think it's a very open-ended question. It just feels like this team has bought into this competition for the first time in years in a way that I don't think I've experienced – in a very long time as a Galaxy fan. And I I don't know if you guys sense mm-hmm. it as well. And maybe it's because it's El Trafico and, and there is a lot of bad blood between these two clubs. I mean, we saw it boil over about three different times. Chicharito got punched in the head. Like,
0: yeah. Mamadou
1: Fall tried to kill someone. Derek Williams was looking for smoke in the tunnel. Like,
0: I'm actually surprised there wasn't more
1: yeah. and I'm surprised. yellow cards. Like. And I think I think I texted a group chat where I was like, I'm surprised no one's got their marching orders yet. It, but it does just feel like this club really cares about this tournament in a way that we've never really seen. Am I... Am, am I Imagining that, or or kind of, I almost want to say that just because I think it's galvanizing this team in a way that maybe other motivators can't do.
2: Well, I think the one thing is is that, um, and I think part of it is is uh, credit to Vanny, he's brought this thing back where trophies are important, and it it doesn't mean just MLS Cup. Trophies are important, and I think you know this being one that we very well could win without too much of a struggle. Yeah, they're all in because, you know, it's a long MLS season. We're sitting in fifth right now. We're only six points off the lead, but it's a long season and a lot can happen. This, this is just a few short games away. And I think putting your focus and your heart and your, and soul into winning at least that one trophy is is pretty huge and then you can throw 100 focus back on getting mls cup
0: yeah i think it's also important that the galaxy i, I hear what you're saying christian but i also feel like you no know, i mean the galaxy have the most silverware of all the club uh, of all the league and so for for the for this to matter again, like you said, it's, it's Vanny rebuilding and taking us back to that culture that this isn't just about our history and our legacy, but it's also continuing it. Um, I love that. I I feel like, yeah, the galaxy can, can add once again, another trophy and as we should, right? Like this is one of the things that the galaxy fans are always talking about is we we we're used to winning everything. (laughs) And so I think, um, you know, if the, the Galaxy can really keep this up, yeah, we're on par to getting the cup like we really, like the MLS Cup that we really, really, really want.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it's the pathway has set itself, hasn't it? I mean, they have to play, you know, Sacramento Republic. That's a game they should win. And I, I have a feeling now, you know, it, the U.S. Open Cup is weird because once you pass the round of 16, all the MLS teams are all of a sudden like, oh, actually, we might be interested in winning this thing. So they're going to definitely play an A lineup on, I believe it's June 21st, I believe is the date. Um, but I, I think this could be a very big springboard for the Galaxy. And again, if they win a title, I'm. it's a successful season as far as I'm concerned. I don't care if they make the playoffs or not. If we win the U.S. Open Cup, it's a success because we have a silverware at the end of the year. Um but yeah, I think this could be a very, very big turning point for the Galaxy. I do want to say one thing, and I do want to kind of give the US Open Cup flowers while we still have the time. Um, it was really cool to see the Maccabee, Tell- uh, excuse me, the Maccabee Los Angeles uh, uh, veterans getting recognized for their Open Cup exploits. Uh, they were a, uh, a soccer club uh, based out of Los Angeles. Uh, they finished in the Open Cup final seven times in 11 years. Um, They're only one of two teams to win the competition five times. I believe the other team is Bethlehem Steel, um, and 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 it's why I love this tournament because there's so many great stories in it. And you talk about, I, I think a lot of people view the U.S. Open Cup as a nuisance, and I can understand why. I mean, you know, MLS Cup, Super Shield, Concacaf Champions League are all a lot sexier tournaments, so to speak. But the Open Cup has such history. I mean, it is the, I mean. For the longest time, uh, it was the third longest running cup competition in the world. I mean, it started in 1913. Unfortunately, COVID ruined that record. Sorry. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. COVID ruined that record. But it you go through this this history of you know, for example, Bethlehem Steel and the Fall River Marksmen, and then it leads to you know the great NASL sides like you know the Aztecs and and the Cosmos and Diplomats and stuff. I, I think people forget that that great players have played in this tournament like Johan Cruyff, Pele. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on, um, and I, I just love the Open Cup, and I and and I'd urge you if you're listening to this and you have a free afternoon, maybe a lazy Sunday, not this Sunday, you're busy at three o'clock, um, but just to like look through the history of this because it's such a fascinating history, and it's a it's a history that I don't think a lot of American soccer fans really grasp because a lot of American soccer fans really came to the sport in 2010, and like that, there's nothing wrong with that, you know there there is, you know that, that I mean the minute that you get the infection vector it doesn't matter when you get it as long as you get it um but i think there's there's such cool history for example you know you talk about for example Bethlehem Steel Fall River Marksmen these were factory teams where you know the factory was your entire life you know you you worked in the factory your kids were raised by the parenting arm of the factory your you know your spouse would get a job in the factory town you know at like the general store or something you know and you know, the factory would facilitate athletics for you. It, like, that's the start of this. And then we talk about like, for example, McAbee, which is an athletic club that happened to have a soccer arm that played very well. And then we talk about like the rise of MLS clubs, the rise of NASL clubs. It's an incredible history that I think, if you ever want to sink critique and then do it on a board Sunday afternoon, uh, not this Sunday, um, then then do it because I think this is what makes American soccer so rich. And I don't. And I think there's an inferiority complex in American soccer like competitions like the open cup and it's my favorite cup in the United States. I MLS cup is amazing. Sports show like I care less about, but the open cup is maybe my favorite because of this history.
2: Open cup is by far the best tournament.
1: Yeah. Cause I mean, you get like, I, I can't remember who it was like a couple of years ago. There was like a bunch of retired Greek dads that were like playing out of the sixth division and made it to the quarterfinal or something like that. And like, I mean, you get these incredible stories.
2: It's chaos. It's like, it's like FA cup in, in England. Like, it's chaos. I mean, you're looking at like amateur teams making good runs at things against guys who are getting paid millions of dollars to do this. You know, I just, if our team wasn't in it, I would 100% be just rooting for all chaos and hoping that the lowest level team left, it would come out on top.
1: So we're all Union Omaha fans now, I'm assuming, right? <laughs> uh,
2: outside of, yes. If, if if Galaxy, for some reason, can't beat Zach Republic, we are 100%. <laughs> um,
0: I want to shout out uh, Tony Toscano. He was uh, very pleasant to talk to, really uh, made the that 3-0 loss um, better. We had such a good time uh, sitting in, in this section and and getting to know him and, and he recognized me he was like oh you're the host of simply soccer and i was like wow really <laughs> so uh i just want to shout him out and thank you so much for listening and um yeah we'll, we'll meet him again soon i'll make sure that he that he gets to know christian and jamie okay
1: word um I- Go.
2: real quick i want to touch back on that houston game just just another quick thing with that loss you know uh, Galaxy Twitter is so reactionary and so doom and gloom every single time we lose, no matter where we are in the season. But I want to remind people that on the regular schedule, we had five games this month. Then we added two more games in that's seven games in a month bookend with Austin at the beginning and Austin at the end. That's a heavy month. There's no way any team is winning all seven games. You're going to have slip ups it's gonna happen. You'd rather drop points earlier in the season than later. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta work on this doom and gloom, guys. The world is already tough enough. Like we'll
1: try-
0: I agree. We'll try-, <laughs>
1: we'll try Galaxy Facebook on for size. Um I think oh, this dear. Week- I think this weekend provides a very good opportunity for the Galaxy to get three points at home. I, I have not been impressed with Austin. I think outside of DrewC and uh, they have not played very well. Um, I think there is a bit of a sense of exhaustion panic in that Austin side that I think the Galaxy if they can can't or if they can harness what they did last night, I think they've got a really good shot at this game and it's also pride night, which is personal to me. So I'd really like them to win on my national holiday. Um,
2: um I will uh be in the box for pride night, uh, celebrating, uh, myself as well. So,
1: uh. by the way, I love Michelle on the zoom call it's just using the little emojis as we go through the meeting.
0: I have, I have, um, such a teacher. Yeah. Uh,
1: but yeah, I, I think they have a very good shot. I think if, if Raheem Edwards and, and Cabral and Julian, Julian Rajo, by the way, was fantastic last night. If they can yes. kind of command the flanks the way that they did against LAFC, then I don't see Austin hurting them. I really just don't. Um, and I, I think they have a very good shot to win this
2: yeah i'm i'm one hundred percent looking forward to this game i think it's very winnable um i think if we if we play them even semi like we played them last time where we just shut down their midfield they got nothing going they're they're not gonna be attacking on the outside um in the ways that we can uh it's definitely gonna come down to what um who wins the midfield i think in this one I agree.
0: yeah yeah i think that The Galaxy will be riding that confidence wave uh, really high. Uh, So it's really great to be back at home again this Sunday. Yeah. All right. All right. All right.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm leaving.
2: Oh, I'm so glad to get out of this Texas swing, though, after this game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm tired of messing with Texas.
2: Oh, man. Oh, man. Although, I mean, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't, uh, you know, say that our hearts, our hearts and, and uh, everything are going out to the families who are suffering right now and have been affected by the terrible circumstances. Um, in
0: Uvalde. In that yeah. school yeah. You
2: know, I just hope like if, if mm, I just hope that everyone can come together. The state can come together. The people can come together and just find a way to heal.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's 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 a very difficult topic to, to talk about, because at yeah. some point, when is the when is the bar finally passed in terms of our response to these kind of uh, these kind of crimes? Um, and um, I know I just it, it breaks my heart that, you know, this isn't the first time we've talked about it in 10 days, you know, and it's it's yeah at some point you know we as a nation have to wake up and 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 do something about this and and i i i i struggle to figure out it, i struggle to figure out where the bar is and it frustrates me is that there is a very obstinate organization that is very politically charged that is preventing solutions from happening and at some point i wonder where their bar is and it clearly if if you know the grief of families and the loss of children doesn't match that bar then what are we doing? You know? And and that's where I, I kind of stand on this whole entire thing.
0: Yeah. And I just don't want this to be something that we only talk for a week. You know, it's, it's hard, (laughs) you know, it's always in the back of your mind when you're, when you're going, I mean, you have to move forward, but at the same time, you know, as a teacher, it's always like there, um, you know, not just in the drills, but it's just, you know, on the daily, um, you know, whenever you lock your door and you close your door um, and everything, but you know, like, like we said, it, this is a real opportunity for change. I know that there's a lot of people who are speaking out about it. And I think that's, that's where, um, you know, that's where all this comes to. So, you know, we'll see, I'm sure Austin will be honoring them at the game this Sunday. Um, definitely the galaxy had the, the, the moment of silence and yeah, we'll just keep moving forward and being, being the light, as Joe Tutino had said, and, and continue being the change.
1: God, the man has the man has a way with words. Joe DiTino is is an absolute legend. And, and the way that he he spoke on this topic is so so eloquent. And uh yeah, I, I I I hope that we can we can grow and 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 learn from this this incident. And uh yeah, I I yeah that's that's about all I've got.
0: Yeah. Well thank you again so much everybody for listening and we'll definitely be excited to uh record in next week.
1: We'll talk to you soon. Peace.